Ta-ta-ra-ra-ta-ra. Welcome to the next episode of Slavik Larksen. Today I will be sharing with you my latest experience with Triumph Rocket. Okay, so after uh, my crash, which happened at the beginning of May, I spent a few weeks trying to uh, pull myself together. My hand is still not 100%, but as soon as I felt like I'm fit enough to ride, I uh, thought to myself, okay, um, what better way to celebrate this than trying the largest capacity production motorcycle. I went to Triumph dealership, uh, paid up front about uh, 2,000 euro deposit and got my hands on a rocket. First, uh, let me give you some quick stats about this beast of a machine. So it's got two and a half liter three-cylinder engine. It's got 123 kilowatts, which is roughly 160 horsepower at 6,000 RPM, uh, 220 newton meters and 4,000 RPM. Uh, it weighs uh, 317 kilograms uh, curb weight, around 290 dry. It's got massive Brembo style uh, Stylimo brakes up front, and I think it's like a M50 caliper at the rear. So. Brake-wise, it does not lack any strength, at least on paper, and it's generally a massive bike, as is you would expect. It's got 18-liter uh, fuel tank. It is a very large motorcycle. Why did I try? Like, what what was the reason me trying it? Well, it's mainly pure curiosity, because I've never I've never actually ridden a rocket uh, in any generation, shape or form. Uh, and I've heard uh, some uh, great stories about about that bike, and also I really like the way it looks. I think it is the perfect mixture of uh, kind of retro cruiser and also a kind of unique Triumph design. Generally, I like the bobber looks. You know, when the when the rear wheel is kind of all out there, nothing above it. I think I think it's just sexy. So. Uh, But mainly, I was curious because, let's face it, I kind of knew at the back of my head that there is very little chance of me actually getting a, a motorcycle like that. First of all, because of its price, it's around twenty-four uh, thousand euro, something like that, twenty uh, thousand pounds. So it's a lot of money, uh, and also I kind of hesitated. Uh, I'm not a cruiser kind of guy. Which, to be fair, in the end, was not the main issue. So, because this bike is not a cruiser. <laughs> so let's start with the way uh, you feel on it. So when you sit on the motorcycle, because I think that's probably the biggest uh, downfall of this bike. So let's get it out in the open. I tried the Roadster version, which is the sportier version, or. Well, if you can call it that, they also make the GT version. So the difference is the uh, handlebars on the Roadster are straighter and close to you. Also, the foot pegs are almost directly below your knees, so your legs are just pointing straight down. Whereas on the GT, you have the foot pegs like on a on a Harley or on a Cruiser right up front, so your legs are. Stretched out, uh, out uh, up front, 
and then there are like minor uh, design uh, details I think there's a bigger windscreen and, uh, and all that but that, that doesn't really make a difference in terms of uh, a seating position or how you feel on the bike so first impression when you when you sit on it and, and you set off is uh, it's quite comfortable it's, it's a comfortable seating position your back is upright you have no weight on your wrists whatsoever the very odd thing however is the position of the foot pegs at least for a person of my height and my uh, foot size so i have a foot size 47 and a bit uh, so in terms of like American sizes or English sizes it's like 11 and a half or something like that so reasonably large foot it's not the biggest foot so there are definitely people with uh, with much larger foot and I uh, measure about 190 centimeters so six foot one around something like that the right side foot peg is kind of too much inside the motorcycle uh, it's very hard to describe but when I place my my foot on it my soles are only touching like the last 20% of the foot peg. So if I want to position my, my foot completely on the foot peg, I have to twist like the entire leg so I can reach. And it's very not pleasant. <laughs> it's really annoying and there is no easy way around it. It helps a bit when you position your foot in a way that the foot peg is not at the tip of your foot but rather like in the middle of the foot it helps a bit but still i would i would really appreciate if if the entire if the entire foot peg was like another 10 centimeters outwards from the motorcycle which is not easy thing to do because it it's an like entire bracket which is screwed to the bike so uh, and it's not like two three centimeters it's literally like five to ten centimeters you need to add so I don't think there'll be an easy fix for that. And it really was it really was bothering me. It, it was not a small issue. As a big issues come, this is probably the only one, in terms of seating position at least. Other than that, everything is fine. Now, when you start up this, this beast, immediately you are overwhelmed by the engine. Not necessarily by the level of the noise, you know, it's not very noisy, but it definitely, the sound itself, is extremely unusual it reminds me a lot of straight pipe four liters diesel or something like that it, it has this very rough utilitarian sound uh, which i like to be fair it, it brings out the drama i would appreciate if the if it was noisier uh, i think uh, euro 5 e e exhaust is, is just too quiet in all modes, uh, I'll get to that. But on idle, when it's warm, you can't really hear the bike. It just doesn't have the presence, which I think a bike of this type should definitely should have. You know, uh, it's an expensive cruiser, and in general, it's the type of motorcycle that everybody just turns their head, you know, for it, it, everyone. The amount of attention you get on this, I have not experienced it on any other on, on any other motorcycle, because it just looks so odd and so original, um, which I think could be considered both as a good thing and as a bad thing. Depends what what you're looking for. But yeah, the overall presence is, is immense. Like nobody can take that away from from Triumph. It's also enhanced by the really good build quality. You can see they uh, spent some time on thinking out the, the details 
um, and also spending time on the actual quality of, of the whole motorcycle so uh, it feels like a premium product what doesn't feel too premium at least not for me uh, again uh, is, is the switch gear I think they could probably be slightly better but uh, it's a tiny it's a minor thing you know, I'm just being picky but overall it's beautifully made you know, all the screws all the brushed aluminium uh, headers exhaust is just all very well made as most of the triumphs nowadays are to be fair so that is a good thing when you ride the first I don't know few kilometers immediately what comes into well what came into my head at least was that oh my god this is so easy to ride <laughs> you know you expect this is going to be like a he heavy lump that's going to be difficult to, to navigate it's going to be difficult to turn uh it's going to bite your ass all the time you know you have 220 newton meters under your under your ass it's, it's gonna bite you but it doesn't it really does not even in the in the sport mode uh, it's not as jerky or uh, as aggressive as uh, you would think uh, which later on be kind of was a problem for me but I'll, <laughs> I'll get to that it's super easy to ride and once you get the ball rolling it's like with most of those the, these heavy bikes you don't really notice the weight obviously it's not a it's not a 600 cc you know to honor that you can just flick around but it's surprisingly agile let, let me put it this way the other thing that will blow your mind is just is the pure acceleration so you know people say this basically everyone who's tried this motorcycle says that but there's no other way to say this this is just gonna blow your mind it's, it's insane it's nothing i've experienced before the closest thing that that is to that experience would be the Kawasaki ZH2 but that to me is it's just slightly different because the ZH2 has this insane soundtrack with the uh, with the compressor you know and you feel like you're in Millennium Falcon just engaging hyperdrive all the time so this doesn't have that this just literally feels like you're sitting like someone just pulled an engine from a truck and it's it's like the motorcycle equivalent of the first generation of Dodge Viper you know <laughs> I would just put it that way uh, it's much more refined than that but the general gist of it is like that just put an insane engine and just build something around it uh, which is as light as possible because they shed like 60 kilograms I think from the last generation so it's massive massive weight saving um, and I really would like to see the drop down of of weight what amount of those 370 kilograms is actually the engine and the fluids in the engine because everything else on the bike seems to me very well optimized for weight uh, anyway so you twist the throttle and it just pulls and you really have to hold on you really have to hold on they made the seat in a way that you don't slide off the motorcycle which is paramount because otherwise it would tore your hands out of their uh, shoulder sockets <laughs> really <laughs> it's, it's it's that vicious but it is it is extremely smooth so that surprised me because i thought it's going to be kind of rough around the edges and the power delivery is going to be uh, it's going to have like a distinct edge to it but it's the exact opposite it's uh, it feels like the camshaft is 
has very low uh, height lobes you know it's not it's not a sharp cam so the power comes on really early uh, and it's it's almost like it's it's a turbo engine in a way Uh, it's just flat power delivery constant torque i think the closest again the closest uh, comparison would be again with the with a big diesel truck with the big diesel engine you know that that operates within like 2000 rpm range or not even in all those 2000 rpms it just produces insane torque this is very very similar so without a shadow of a doubt you can easily just put this engine in a car and have a very well working car uh no problem whatsoever because 220 newton meters let's face it, it that this is a car territory like you can put a tow hook behind it you know on on the bike and and just tow a fucking boat on behind it if you want it's it's crazy that is the masterpiece i think of of that motorcycle and that's the selling point uh and they've done it well like it's uh as i said surprisingly smooth really civilized but brutal in its power delivery uh and in general the power is is crazy also the acceleration inevitably is similarly crazy so to to get from like 60 to 120 takes i don't know it's very hard to count because it's less than two seconds it's just there you're there luckily there's a lot of windbreak so around 140 kilometers an hour so around 80 miles an hour you hit the windbreak and even though the bike obviously can do much more you're not tempted to do to do so that's about the engine now gearbox another massive surprise in a positive way for me the bike i tested was was fitted with an optional quick shifter which i strongly advise you to get everyone who's considering this motorcycle uh, maybe not if you are really intended uh, if you really intend to use it as a cruiser then maybe not necessary for you but if you are a spirited uh, rider who likes to go fast uh, sometimes you definitely need it it is super silky smooth probably the best quick shifter i've tried triumph does them really well last year i tried the street triple street triple rs there the quick shifter was was smooth as butter as well worked really really well here the fella from triumph who uh, gave me the motorcycle told me you know don't use the quick shifter uh, when the rpms are too low and you're just cruising around it's it can be quite slow and jerky and, and, and all that and i found out later on that even around 2000 rpm you can still use the the quick shifter and it doesn't it doesn't feel like the your bike is suffering it, it is a very good tool uh and as you speed up uh it is absolutely necessary like absolutely necessary because the gearing and that is again a thing that surprised me a lot the gearing on this on this motorcycle is quite short uh which again multiplies the insaneness <laughs> and all and the, the the brutality of the acceleration so i think the thing that's gonna stop you in the end is not going to be lack of power but it's going to be the gearing which to be fair is on most on most motorcycles but on this one it, it's actually enhanced so you really actually go through the gears which is a promise of fun the first hour i, I rode the motorcycle and i felt more and more comfortable on it and i started to push a bit harder and harder 
I thought, okay, this this might be, you know, it. Like this might be actually the motorcycle I will consider, uh, despite the ridiculous price. You know, I started to think, man, this is perfect. Like this is the perfect size for me. I'm a big guy. I don't look uh, like a kid on it. This looks uh, complementary to my body as well. So you know, it's fine. I really like the way it looks. I was a bit nah, about the sound, you know, the sound is a bit mad, but uh, that can always be fixed. Uh, although I think there are no uh, aftermarket exhaust uh, as of yet, but I'm sure this will change pretty soon. Um, but then as you start uh, pushing a bit more and you kind of keep up the, the momentum and you use the motorcycle like a hyper naked or like a big massive heavy naked then the biggest problem of this of this bike uh, kind of shines through i'm really sorry to say that but i felt like this bike doesn't know what it is at the end of the day i think it's uh, it's kind of lost it's not a cruiser because it's nowhere near comfortable enough in terms of uh, especially suspension I'll get that I'll, I'll get to that and it's not a sporty cruiser or it's not like a roadster because the seating position is compromised so I would really prefer if uh, I I had more weight on my on my wrists if I felt if I sat a bit uh, forward the, I already mentioned the the pegs but overall the, the it was like a compromise so they thought okay well let's not make it too sporty but let's not make it as a as much of a cruiser and i understand there's a, the gt version that actually makes even less sense if you make a gt version why not make this really sporty you know so this is like a compromise that is no one nobody's asking for because if you want your rockets to be a cruiser you're just gonna buy the gt version uh i haven't i haven't actually tried that but i imagine that's going to be better uh, because you well you have the uh, foot pegs up front you have different bar so that actually might and you have a i think padded seat so it might actually be a bit more comfortable i don't know if they change the suspension tuning but you can change that by yourself so you can make it cruiser no problem but with this i think they they should be a bit more brave and make it really sporty what doesn't help is the lackluster sound as i said at the beginning the sound is very interesting at, the, at first but after like one and a half hours it's boring it it lacks because the ref uh, the rev range is two th uh, let's say two thousand four thousand five thousand you very rarely go above that and the engine is muted it's just kind of like a bass drone kind of gutless sound for me that that was a big turn off and a big surprise because the exhaust from the outside they look mean they look like they're gonna be it's gonna have some ridiculous sound and it just doesn't uh, uh, and I know it's not Triumph's fault I know that I'm sure they they tried their best uh, and but when you have to fit like 15 catalytic converters uh, and I'm, exa I'm 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 exaggerating here but yeah, I'm sure it's more than one now, uh, nowadays that definitely kills the sound you know it, it slows the flow and takes the energy out of the exhaust and um, yeah the end result is is what, what I say. So to me, that is a big issue. There's a big issue that kind of that's kind of troubling a lot of bikes nowadays. So I, I guess we're gonna kind of have to get used to it. But despite the 
mute the fact that it was a bit muted it's still there wasn't like a defining you know characteristic maybe it's uh, three cylinder engines i don't know i actually haven't uh, ridden a three cylinder that would really you know buzz my balls you know I really didn't feel like uh, that engaged with a three-cylinder, but this is very, very subjective at the end of the day. But another surprising compromise, at least uh, from my perspective, was the suspension tuning, so or the suspension in general. So suspension is quite hard. It's not rock hard, obviously, but it's not comfortable enough for you to kind of enjoy just cruising around. And that again is kind of a nail in the coffin for me because you can't use the the roadster version as a cruiser because it's uh, the seating position and all that is is not relaxing enough and then when you start really pushing it yeah the suspension is it's not as sharp I, I know it's a heavy motorcycle honestly for that kind of money I am absolutely dumbstruck that they didn't include uh, fully electronically adjustable uh, suspension come on guys you know at least an option give it as an option you know I, I know the engine must be super expensive and the whole bike you know as i said the details the brush uh, brushed aluminium and all that it's not cheap but frankly when somebody's decided to spend that amount of money on a motorcycle they will chuck in three or four uh, thousands uh, pounds more uh, well, it's more probably not even that expensive, but let's say two, three thousand pounds more for a, a really nice, full, adju- fully adjustable, uh, electronically, I mean, full, fully adjustable Olin's, uh, you know, system, which will completely transform the motorcycle. You will be able to, by a flick of a button, make it a supremely comfortable motorcycle. And then when you want to hoon, you'll just make everything firm and just go for it you know right now the suspension is kind of in the middle and and it's like towards the sporty side side of things it's not as compromising when you're on it so when you are really uh riding fast it's fine but when you slow down and you are just sitting in the traffic it can get really uncomfortable especially on like rough tarmac with bumps and you don't want that and it's not the tires because let's face it the tires are have a huge profile so they definitely give you a lot of uh, dampening themselves. There's a problem. As, at least, I think it's a problem. So, would I buy this or would I recommend this? I will definitely recommend this. Uh, I will, and I, I urge anybody who can go and have a ride on it. It's a unique experience. You will not experience this on any other motorcycle. The engine is an absolute bomb. That has to be experienced. It cannot be put into words. So you have to take my word for it. But you will not regret trying that engine, trying that motorcycle. It is surprisingly nimble uh, for its weight. So when you actually move around, well, you have to move around for it to make it turn. But when you do that, you can take corners at considerable speed you kind of lack the feedback from the front wheels and that's partially down to the suspension and also partially down to the seating position that your weight is really there's no weight over the front wheel uh, so you don't have the feedback from the handlebars as i say again that's uh, that's another compromise that in my in my head doesn't make any sense but there you go so generally i recommend anybody trying it and if you are after something original, you want to stand out from the crowd, then this is definitely a, a bike for you. It is very, very well made. Although there is one slight, like I have to mention this, I 
I, I didn't know if I should, but I will. During my test ride, uh, I had like an intermittent fault coming up on my dash. Uh, and my uh, rear indicators stopped working randomly. And I think it's because of a faulty connector or something, because the vibrations at low RPMs are quite high, so maybe it just got you know, disconnected somewhere. I don't know, it doesn't matter what it was. Uh, having a non-functioning indicators on a motorcycle is a big issue. It's a very big issue. It can cost you your life. You, th you think you're indicating, but you're not. That can be a massive problem. So I told Triumph when I returned the bike, they said they will have a look into it. It's, it's very odd. I don't know what it was. So yeah, it's very well made, but the reliability, I don't know. I, I don't want to make a, a hasty judgment based on this. It may be nothing. And you know how it is. Uh, the people that, uh, that put this together are only people. Or maybe it got dislodged uh, during a shipment. Who knows? I think it's fair to actually mention it that that happened. Will I buy this? No, I will not. Uh, it's too expensive for what it is to me. I felt too compromised. Like, I, I felt like I have to make a lot of compromises and I don't want to purchase a, a motorcycle where I feel like that. I felt very happy accelerating and I felt very happy braking. That's actually one thing I, I forgot to mention. The brakes are good, okay? Yeah, they're good. They offer enough feel. Despite what I thought and what some people told me, the rear brake does not help as much as on like other cruisers. Uh, so I've recently tried the BMW R18 and there, if you didn't use the rear brake, you didn't brake. Here, uh, not necessary to use it. When you do, the um, increase in stopping power is not as significant as you would think it would be, if, if that makes sense. So you can ride it almost like you would any other motorcycle. That means just using your front brake. And that's because they put the strongest front brakes they can on on the bike and i have to applaud triumph for doing that i'm really grateful for that they didn't hold back i cannot imagine this bike working with any other brakes because with the stylimas you feel like they were made for this bike so on other motorbikes they might feel completely uh like a massive uh overshot but on this it, they are necessary they are the only adequate option and if they were any bit less powerful i would not feel confident so yeah again triumph you know thumbs up very very good choice uh, very good decision it stops the bike very well yeah i kind of diverged with the brakes i don't know what i was saying before anyway uh yeah i, I wouldn't buy it simple as that i'm looking forward to trying other other bikes Later uh, in June, uh, I will uh, test the new Tuono, the, the big one, the V4. Finally, I'll get my hands on the RS660 Aprilia and also on the, on the Ducati Street Fighter. <laughs> so that will be fun. Cannot wait, actually. It'll be, it'll be awesome. I did like a quick test rides on the R18, uh, on R90 uh, and on F900R, the BMWs. But it was too uh, brief to actually get a good enough impression for me to make an episode about them. So I might actually try them and, uh, you know, get them for longer. Especially the, the Naked, the 900. That surprised me. For the money they sell, I think they're very good motorbike and i know this is gonna kind of ruin the whole triumph uh, episode but i have to say this because it's such a big thing 
uh, I finally found a digital dash that works and it's made by BMW. Honestly, I have not tried a better dash. Well done, BMW. Like You have some other issues with your motorcycles, but your dash is hands down the best. It is big, it's clear, it's not cluttered with shitty information you don't need. It's simple design, very easy to read. Honestly, nobody does it better, at least from what I've tried so far. That kind of brings me neatly to the Triumphs dash. They did. They decided to go for this original layout where they have uh, like a plastic dome with uh, three or four separate uh, displays, like a big central display, and then two on the sides, and then one at the bottom somewhere, I think so, and something like that. It's a very original idea. It kind of suffers from the fact that it's small. I would prefer it to be a bit larger, but I have to say it's also a very good display. It's clear. It's reasonably easy to read once you get used to it. And they have incorporated a function, which I was rambling on uh, on my uh, previous videos. And honestly, Triumph, again, kudos, super well done. I am very happy for that. You can, if you want, hide most of the information. So you are you end up only with a ref counter, speedo, and a, and a gear selector. And that I think that is a brilliant brilliant thing because if you are actually riding fast and you just sometimes glance to kind of get some information it is much clearer when you switch off the the side displays and you just use that one display everything other like everything else is blank you get used to it very quickly and then when you are cruising around and you want to see all the information you want to switch through the through the board computer and all that you can just again unhide all honestly very well done one thing that surprised me though <laughs> was that you can read uh, text messages uh, on that and i think that's just stupid like i understand it's like a cool tech to show off but come on you know it's it's a it's a motorbike don't in any way shape or form enhance that kind of behavior it's going to cost lives more so than in a car and I am I'm actually angry when car manufacturers do it as well, when you can read news and, and YouTube and bullshit in, in a car like that. It doesn't belong in a car. That, that belongs on a computer when you're sitting behind a desk, not when you're driving or riding. I would drop that in the name of safety. But hey, maybe I'm just too paranoid. I don't know. Anyway, thank you for tuning in. I'm sorry for the delay. Uh, it took me so long. I'm also trying to sort out my, my recording. So... Right now I'm just uh, talking into my phone <laughs> which, uh, whilst I'm uh, usually in a car going places. Don't worry, it's hands-free, so I'm completely focused. I'm just looking ahead. I know I don't want to sound like a hypocrite, but yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much the only time I have some spare time on my hands where there's not, a, there's not my baby daughter just knocking on the door. It's my alone time in a car is when I can do these things. I tried and I experimented with uh, recording whilst I'm on the bike uh, and I got a feedback that doesn't work. Yeah, I know the recordings are shit. If you have any ideas how to how to fix that, I'll be I'll be very happy to to get them because obviously it's it's a it's different thing when you uh, have it firsthand. You know what I mean? Uh, it has its pros and its cons. When 
you're recording like I'm right now. It's been like a week or so after I've, I've ridden the bike. I've managed to kind of clear my thoughts about the bike and uh, make everything clear in my head at least. Uh, but uh, you kind of miss on the excitement and on the first impression. You know what I mean? That's that's not there. It's gone. That you can o- only get when you're on the go. Anyways, thanks for tuning in. If you want to know what's happening and you want to see if some pictures of the of the bikes uh, then i have a facebook page slavik clarkson you can uh, hit like subscribe whatever the buttons are on facebook and i don't know uh just you know follow i'm gonna uh, put some updates on 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 it as well so what's going on what's happening otherwise just yeah thanks for listening and i shall see you guys later